Hi, this is the podcast channel of Lighthouse Church in Ottawa, Canada. We are a family. We don't do life alone. We are about the one, each and every one. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Our hope and prayer is always for life change. Here is today's message. Be blessed as you listen. Let's be in Zechariah 4 today as we start our teaching. From verse 6 to 10, I'll read that in NKJV and then we'll take off. So the Bible says, So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Eight. It says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord, which scan toe and fro throughout the whole earth. Thus says the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. This pulpit, or whatever this thing is, it's made of cast iron. It's very heavy. You guys agree, right? It's very heavy. It takes a full-grown, well-fed man to carry this stuff. Or woman. Don't write me an email. But if I asked a three-year-old to move this from where it is right now and move it, I don't know, move it to that truck over there or something, how do you think he'll fare? How do you think he'll do? Not very well, right? Maybe he might have some luck if he pushes it really hard. Might slide a little bit on the grass or something. But he wouldn't do very well. He wouldn't do very well, that's for sure. So, the thing about God is this. You know, usually when I teach, I start from the back and end up somewhere saying, I said all that to say this. Let me say this to say all that today. Get it? Say this to say all that. Is that God wants it done. If you're writing, write that down. Don't ask me what it is. Just say, God wants it done. All right? Number one. Number two, God will not do it. God wants it done. God will not do it. Number three, man cannot do it. Okay? Man cannot do it. Number four, God will help a man to get it done. Okay? So I'm saying all that I'll say today to say that. God wants it done. God can, but he will not do it. Man can not do it. And God will help a man to get it done. You with, you're with me so far? You track? Okay. 
So the Bible says where we read that this is the word of the Lord to a man called Zerubbabel. So today in our conversation, you are Zerubbabel, okay? So wherever you see Zerubbabel, insert your name in there. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. He says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So let me tell you a backstory. I'll give you a, a good Bible story today about the context of the Old Testament. See if we can make some sense of it and tie it up. The Bible tells us a story about the children of Israel. They're in Egypt. They come out of Egypt. God makes them into a nation. And he moves them into their own land. They form a nation, the nation of Israel. But because these guys are very hard-headed, nothing like us, okay? They are very hard-headed people. They always find a way to offend the Lord. After a while, after years and years in their own land, because of their iniquity, specifically because of idolatry, and because of their neglect of the Sabbath, God allows that they be taken again from their own land into captivity. It's actually prophesied by Jeremiah the prophet that the children of Israel would be taken out of their own country into captivity as exiles in another land for a period of 70 years. And this is exactly what happens. Well, when God gives a warning, you should probably listen, okay? They didn't listen, but this happened to them. And during the reign of a man called Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon, a conqueror. He conquered Judah, and he took them out, all of them, all their nobles. The Bible said he only left the dullards and the poor people in the land. Okay? Not in those terms, but you get what I mean. Took them to Babylon for 70 years. And while they were in Babylon, they were, you know, that's where you get the story of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were serving in the king's palace and all that. But there was a guy called Daniel who actually served four kings. When the 70 years of captivity was up, and it had to be 70 years because if you're not familiar with the concept of the Sabbath, there's not just a Sabbath day, there's also a Sabbath year. All right, You work for six years, you till the ground. In the seventh year, the law of the Lord to them was that they would do no work, they would not till the ground, they would give the land time to get its nutrients back and all that and strengthen itself again. But these guys were just greedy. They just kept farming the land for hundreds of years. So God instituted a mandatory Sabbath on the land for that 70-year period that they were sent out. So that's why it had to be 70 years. Anyways, at the end of all that, Daniel is praying and he's saying to God, I understand from studying that the captivity is meant to be only 70 years. Can you now do something about our situation? And so there is a king called Cyrus at that time. Nebuchadnezzar has now been conquered by Cyrus the Conqueror. He's a Persian king. Cyrus releases the people of Israel. He says, this is a Gentile king, by the way. He says, the Lord spoke to me, Cyrus, saying, all the people of Israel, I'm sending you back to your land, to your country, to go and rebuild the temple of the Lord that's in Jerusalem. That was the assignment that um, Cyrus gave them. And so Cyrus sent a bunch of people back. I'll read to you Ezra 1 and verse number 2. That's where you find that. So you need to read the entire book of Ezra, by the way, to understand Zechariah. Because Zechariah was a prophet that prophesied around the time that the events in Ezra were happening. So read them together. So the Bible says, Thus says Cyrus, the king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God of heaven has given to me. He was a great conqueror. And he has commanded me 
to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. So God wants a house built. Remember we said God wants it done? Remember that? Wave at me if you remember. I can't see your smiles. Good. Thank you. God wants something done. And what he wants done, he, he wants a house built. He wants his temple built. And this is not just a temple. This was the temple of Solomon that was built many years ago. But when Nebuchadnezzar came to the land, he broke the temple, burnt everything down. He really did damage to their heritage. All right. And so Cyrus is saying that the Lord God of heaven has commanded me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. So he calls all the people who are exiles in the land. I say, are you a Jew? Are you a Jew? Are you a Jew? You too. All of you gather unto me. This is what God has said to me. He wants his temple built back. So all of you, out you go. Get out of here. Go back to your home country. Go build me a temple. And he appoints as a man called Zerubbabel, who's appointed as governor over this task. Cyrus does not go building himself. He's a Gentile king, but he sends people to go. So God wants something done. And first thing I want you to remember today is that you are governor over one aspect of the will of God. Understood? You are Zerubbabel. There is something that God wants done that you are governor over. You are Zerubbabel. He had an assignment. There is a will of God that you are the custodian of, like Zerubbabel was. There was something specific that he had to do. And it was simple. Go back, rebuild me the temple. That's it. So for you, I don't know what it is. Maybe you do. But there is a will of God that you are the custodian of. You are the governor over something. You need to tell yourself that there is a part of God's will that you are the custodian over. So God wants it done. And God expresses his will to Cyrus. He expresses his will to the people. Go build my temple. Now you have suffered long enough in captivity. Go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple restore the temple God wants it done however God will not do it so God will not come down and carry stones and build the temple God will not come down and do that will of God that he has put in your heart he wouldn't come down and execute upon that thing that you are governor over you are governor over it you will execute that which is the will of God God wants it done God will not do it. He can do it, but he will not do it. Let me explain why that's important. Because if God does everything that he wills without your cooperation, everything that God wills, he just does. In essence, by extension, what that has done, it has taken away your free will. Because one of the things that God wants is that all of us would love him. So he would just will you to love him. You just wake up in the morning and just be like, oh, Lord, I just love you. I'm just in love. You just be crying. You can't control your emotions because God willed it. That's not how God works. God is sovereign. God can do everything. But he has taken a part of his sovereignty or better put, in his sovereignty, he has decided that he would cede power to men to do certain things because he will not do it. So he would not go and build a temple. As important as that is to him, God is not going to come down and walk the streets of Jerusalem and you just start seeing blocks come together. It's never going to happen. The Bible says this. Pay attention. In Genesis chapter 1 from verse 26, the Bible says, let us make man in our own image after our likeness and all that stuff. Then he says, let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over everything that is upon the earth. Everything that God does in terms of giving dominion to man is on the earth. He doesn't give us any dominion in the heavens. None. 
there is no part of that where he says, I've given you dominion of the heavens. No, it's on the earth. So whatever God wants to do, because he has ceded control to you in that area, you are responsible. So God will not do it. He has a will. There is a very specific thing that God wants to do through you. It can be anything at all. That's for you to decide or to figure out or to discover is the right term. To discover, but God will not do it. He will not do it. God wanted all of you to have a home church in Ottawa. There is no church that God is the parish pastor over. I haven't seen one where every Sunday you just see an invisible form just show up and say, now gather to me, my people. God uses men to establish his will on the earth. God will not do it. The Bible says in Psalms 115, I, I believe it's verse 16, that the heavens, even the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. So God is not an intruder. God is not going to show up and just start making things happen. There is a responsibility that you have to do certain things. It's important. God wants it done. It's his will that it be done, but God will not do it. So God looks for men that he can send. What happens then is that these people, led by Zerubbabel, leave the land and head back to Jerusalem. And don't forget, what is their assignment? To rebuild what? The temple. To rebuild the temple. And Cyrus, he does an amazing job. He helps the people. He gives them everything that they need. Financial support. He gives them a letter, a signed decree. Everybody should support this project. If you have money, give money. If you have resources, give anything you have. Give. He gives them 100% back in because God wanted the job done. And the Bible says that about 42,000 people, 42, I think, 1,000 people leave the land and are heading back to build the temple. And they show up there. And the Bible says they start to rebuild. They actually get to work because God wants it done. They're led by Zerubbabel. And something interesting happens along the line. They face opposition. The Bible says that enemies come at them. First, they come and try to infiltrate their ranks try to join themselves to them and they say they discern them as fake and false and they say no you can't join yourselves to us then the bible says they start to distract them and the bible says that they start to frighten them they start to threaten them okay those are all ploys of the enemy and the bible says after all they start to bribe people to stop the work they want the work to stop and Zerubbabel is here he's leading a troop of 42,000 men so he doesn't have a shortage of bodies. Imagine 42,000 laborers. How many people does he, do you think it takes to build a building? He doesn't have a shortage of bodies. He doesn't have a shortage of money. He doesn't have a shortage of the king's backing. He has all that he needs, technically. They start the work. They're doing the work. And the Bible says that the enemies, when they try everything and cannot succeed, they decide, hmm, there is a better way to stop the work. Let's write a letter. Now there's a new king who's no longer Cyrus. Remember the Bible says the Israelites were in Egypt and Pharaoh showed them favor. And the Bible says after that, there came a new Pharaoh that did not know Joseph. Ah, now there was a new king in Persia who did not know them. And these dudes, the enemies, wrote a letter to the king saying to him, these Israelites, these people are building a massive temple for the Lord. They have a history of being troublesome and rebellious. 
if you allow the work to continue, they would stop paying you tributaries. They would stop paying you their taxes. They would rebel against you, revolt against your government, and you will lose out. That's what they write to the king, a letter. And when the king reads this letter, you can imagine what he does, this new king. He says, nope, over my dead body, the work has to stop right away. So he sends back a letter saying, that house must never be built. Technicalities there is this. Sometimes, when the enemy tries to come at you, this is not my main topic, but when the enemy comes at you in different ways and does not succeed, one of the ways that he's sure to get success, if you're not spiritual enough, is that he would initiate, all right, from another realm, the impact. So he went to the king, got a letter. So this is what opposition, physical opposition could not achieve. But a simple letter shut them down. Policies. Do you know the enemy can go to the extent of influencing government policies just for one man's destiny? Policies of the government. And you're just like, I remember when I first um, moved to Canada at the time when Ottawa, please, Minister for Immigration, God bless you. You will prosper in Jesus' name. I love you. Good. Just making sure I put that out there. But at that time, there was a king that did not know my destiny. This guy, it was taking forever for my immigration documents to come through. You know, simple as that sounds, Bookie will understand this because at that time, it was meant to be six months and it ended up being about 13 months. So between six and 13 months, there was pressure to leave the country. Do you remember? There was pressure. People would say to me, what are you doing in Canada? Why are you waiting? You don't have a job. You better go back. Pressure. I mean, real pressure. I remember one time, two of my my ex-bosses, who used to be my boss when I, where I was working in Nigeria, came to visit us in Canada where we live and came to our house. And they kept saying, look, if you want to come back today, you have a job. Just tell us. The pressure was mounting. And here I was, I was sitting down, folding my arms. I was like, oh God, this Canada does not know my destiny, <laughs> you know. But just imagine that at that moment, I had taken a decision and said, no, this doesn't make sense. I mean, at that time, that was the right thing because it looked like there was no end in sight. Policies that can hinder what God wants to do. Definitely, we will not be here today, I can assure you, right? But the Bible says that something very important. I want to read to you from Ezra. Ezra 4 and verse number 24. This is what happened, right? The Bible says that the work of the temple in Jerusalem stopped and remained at a standstill until the second year of the reign of King Darius of Persia. The significance of that is that Zerubbabel, you, in this story, with all the resources he had, donkeys, horses, chariots, men for labor, money, they had so much gold, the work still stopped. The work still stopped. The work still stopped. And so about that time, when the work had stopped, they were hopeless for a period of time. Hopeless. God starts to speak to a prophet called Zechariah. And God said to Zechariah, the text that we read, that Zechariah, you need to speak to Zerubbabel. Don't forget, who's Zerubbabel? You. He says, you need to speak to Zerubbabel and tell him that it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit. I say that again. The work had stopped. Obviously, obviously, one of the things that we forget, 
especially when we have resources in the physical, when we have the money to pay our fees, when we have the intellect, when we have the right job, the right spouse, I hope, you immediately forget to put your focus on God. Most times we turn to God when we run into trouble or when something is not working very well. And Zerubbabel, because he had the backing of the king, I mean, he had everything that he would ever need to build, he did not anticipate those enemies that were coming against him. And so they shut him down. So I said, God wants it done. God will not do it. I said, man cannot do it. Man can never do the will of God in the energy of the flesh. Anything that is the will of God, including living a holy life, the most basic, you can never do by willpower or the energy of the flesh. As a matter of fact, if Satan ever prays, I don't think he prays, but let's assume that Satan prays. He will go to God every morning and say, please, please, master, just let them fight me in the energy of the flesh today. Just let them try to resist me by the flesh. He will eat you for breakfast. Man can never do anything that is the will of God in the energy of the flesh. So God wants it done. It's his will. You are a custodian of that will. Whatever it is, God will not do it, but you cannot do it. But he would ask you to do it, right? And so, <laughs> Zerubbabel learns this the hard way. In all that time, I don't hear anything about prayer. I don't hear anything about calling on God. They just gather people. They gather resources. They start digging. They start celebrating. Who there's progress. So they start the work. They're making progress. And all of a sudden, they're hit with a roadblock. Number one, you can't do it because a mortal man cannot execute the counsel of an immortal God. You're too small. That's why I said, I can tell a three-year-old, carry this thing and move it over there. Because on a good day when I have eaten, I can carry it and move it over there based on my capacity. But on the, based on the three-year-old's capacity, he can't move it. So God would never send you to do something based on your capacity. He gives you based on his capacity. So an immortal God sends you, a mere mortal, and says, go on an errand for me. You will run into trouble unless that God comes with you very quickly. It's not possible that you follow the will of God, that you do what God would have you do, that you maximize destiny and all that stuff in the energy of the flesh. Just never going to happen in your life. And for many people, the frustrations you would encounter come when you try to do just that. Just the most basic of things. Use a little litmus test in your life and say, this issue, is this the will of God? If the answer is yes, then cry to God about it. Don't try to figure it out. Don't call your brother. Don't call your sister. Don't call your contact. First talk to God. If God leads you to call people, then do that. You can never fulfill the will of God in the flesh. Zerubbabel, he learned this the hard way. They stopped him. Number one reason is because the capacity of God is what he assigns to you. All right. The second reason is because you have an enemy like they did. A very real enemy. So think about this pulpit here. Let's assume I'm that three-year-old boy. I'm really short. Oh, So he's pushing it with all his strength and he's not getting anywhere. The weight of the responsibility in itself is enough. So imagine that you have two people on the opposing end pushing back. That's that enemy, right? <laughs> and saying, you shall go nowhere. 
concerning the situation you're applying all the force you can you're already frustrated you're already saying god is not faithful maybe god didn't send me and then you have the enemy on the other side i assume that is on the other side pushing against this thing but you see this enemy is not is a very terrible enemy because he doesn't stop there so imagine that he now ties weights to the legs of the three-year-old like weights you know like tons of stuff um wrecking ball that kind of stuff does he have a chance yeah he didn't have a chance in the first place now he has less of a chance so the odds are stacked against him so that's why i'm saying man cannot do it man can not do it god will give you intelligence god will give you wisdom god will give you the gift of gab he'll give you panache he'll give you all these things that would make you think that you have something you would think you would actually think that you've got you've got something until you collide with the real task of god and you'll be humbled and so zerubbabel had found himself in this very unfortunate place he was humbled they shut him down and they were shut down for a period of 16 years 16 years no work on the temple sorry i have a question just remind me did god want this done it did okay so the will of god can be hindered and it was so this is what god says <laughs> i love that god says to zechariah you need to advise arubabel so i'm here to advise you today okay <laughs> he says to him so god watches this episode for 16 years says nothing and he's watching them and he's wondering, okay, when will they get it? So he says to Zechariah, please, I want this work done. Can you please advise that governor, that young man, and tell him this, that it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit. So God knew, obviously, that the heart of the man was focused on the power and might that he had, and all that he had, which had filled him hopelessly. So God says, remind him remind him that it's never going to be by might or by power it's by my spirit god put a dream in your heart let me advise you it's not by might it's not by power it's by the spirit of god god has given you something to do you will be tempted to do it in the energy of the flesh to do it in the strength of your own will but God says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I like the fact that he continues on and says that, who are you, O mountain? So stay with me, stay with me. As far as Zerubbabel is concerned, he does not know anything about a mountain. All he knows is that the work that God asked me to do has been stopped. But when God looks from heaven and looks at the situation... <laughs> he says to Zerubbabel, what you actually are facing, you just don't know it, is a mountain. So you need to understand that when God uses a different term to describe your situation, than what you use, you're already in trouble. God says, this is a mountain. This guy is facing a mountain. He has no idea what is against him. When I look at the totality, the sum total from my vantage point of everything, this is a mountain that this guy is facing. And he says to you, who are you, mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain. I remember last year, around this time last year, no, July last year or something, we went to Vancouver with some of our leaders and team, team members. 
I don't know about you guys. Some of you that were not. I have never seen mountains like that in my life. I saw. I mean, the mountains were like some of them. You literally couldn't see the peak of the mountain because it was in the clouds. So high. So when God says that it's a mountain that's before you, you know people die just trying to climb Mount Everest. We're not talking about crossing over. <laughs> just climb first. And God says that what's against this guy is a mountain. Who are you, mountain before Zerubbabel? God wants it done. His will will not change. God wants you to be an anointed worship leader that will bring down his glory. That's his will. It will not change. God wants you to conquer certain industries for him. We're all apostles in the workplace, okay, in the marketplace. It will never change. But God will not do it. You cannot do it. But what would happen is that God will help a man to get it done. God will help a man to get it done. And how he does this, he says to Zerubbabel, it's by my spirit. That's it. That's all you need. I, I'm not, I don't care <laughs> how many mountains are before you. If my spirit is with you, you will overcome. Before Zerubbabel, he says, you will become a plain. So I want to read to you what happens when God sends this word to Zerubbabel, all right? So the Bible says, don't forget in Ezra 4.24, which is the last verse, it says that the work had stopped, and it did stop for 16 years. But the next chapter, Ezra 5, the very first verse, the Bible says, at that time, what time? When God spoke to Zechariah, the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, sons of Edo, son of Edo, Edo, prophesied to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem. What was the prophecy? Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. They prophesied in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. And Zerubbabel, you, son of someone, and Jeshua, son of somebody else, responded to the prophecy by starting again to rebuild the temple of God in Jerusalem. So 16 years stand still. One prophecy comes through and the Bible says that they start again to rebuild the temple of God. It doesn't matter how long the will of God, the assignment of God in your life has been on a standstill. It doesn't matter how challenged it is. It doesn't matter how slow the road has been. The Bible says that once the prophecy came, they started again to rebuild the temple of God in Jerusalem. And I love this part. It says that, and the prophets of God were helped them. So my question to you is, how did the prophets help them? Do you think that Zechariah was carrying blocks? The prophet Zechariah? Do you think he was carrying blocks and mortar? you think he was like putting stuff, measuring things? No. This is how he helped them. Every day, he will stand beside Zerubbabel and say, Remember, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Zerubbabel makes progress, and they go forward, and they're celebrating and jubilating, and he will step forward again and say, Young man, remember, remember, it's not by might. It would never be by your power. It's by my spirit. They were helping them by teaching them to be completely dependent on the Holy Spirit. 
as they moved forward that it was not them it was the grace of god that was at work in them and they needed this and the bible says they stood side by side with the prophets until the work was finished and the capstone was put upon the building and then everybody shouted when it was done grace grace to it i wonder why that was their testimony grace grace to it because i said to us and i've been teaching about this the whole month really that the grace of god is the spiritual aid that bridges the gap for you so the whole nation the whole lot of them all 40,000 plus 42,000 plus of them understood that the finishing and the completion of this particular project was because of the grace of god god will not do it you cannot do it but god will help a willing man to do the job to accomplish god will help a willing man to get it done don't forget the bible says that i can do all things through whom through christ that strengthens me if he does not strengthen you you are in trouble what's the end of the story the bible says that the jewish elders they continued their work they were greatly encouraged by the preaching of the prophets Haggai and zechariah the temple was finally finished in Ezra 6 and verse 14 as had been commanded by the God of Israel and decreed by Cyrus. The temple was finally finished. I have good news for you. Whatever is stuck, whatever has been at a standstill for 16 months or 16 days, 16 years, it doesn't matter to God. The day that that impartation of the Spirit comes, because it's never by might, it's never by power, it's always by His Spirit. If it's the will of God, it's always by His Spirit. It's, it's like a car. The Spirit of God, the grace of God is what fuels the car. If it is the will of God, if it's not the will of God, you just think about a, an idea by yourself, you want to do something, fantastic. You can execute that by your own strength, that's okay. But if it's the will of God, which is why we are all living, by the way, to do his will, to be governor over that task, that assignment that God has given to you, you can only do it by the grace and by the spirit of God. Whatever is stuck, whatever is slow, whatever is trapped, whatever is retrogressed, whatever has been set back by the grace of God, my reminder to you today is that it's not by might, it's not by power by the spirit of the lord what i'm called to do more than ever before i have acknowledged my helplessness i don't want to get 16 years of standstill before i recognize that it's not by might or by power it's by the spirit of the lord this chip champ here is an innovator right but it's not by might it's not by power you already know what you guys are. It's not by, can never be by might. You will never lead worship and the glory of God comes down by how loud you shout and how clear your voice is. It will not happen. Telling Dion has a great voice. She can't bring down God's glory. No. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit. Don't forget this. The will of God was that the temple be built. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. God has moved out of buildings. He lives in us now. The collective group of us, we are the church. 
We are the body of Christ. We are the temple of God. The reason why the temple had to be built was so that the government could be restored and Jerusalem could once again be under the control and influence of God. So we, the body of Christ, we are the temple of God. The world around us, think about it as Jerusalem. If God is going to conquer, if God is going to rule, the temple must be built first. That was the first thing they went to build, the temple. The first thing they built actually when they got to the temple was the altar. And immediately they started offering sacrifice again and all that stuff. After this, the walls of the city were built and all that. And there was a revival in the land. That was the last time, by the way, that Israel ever went into idolatry. That was a revival that lasted until Jesus came. They never again stepped back into idolatry. But guess what? If you, any of us, is deficient in our little portion of this puzzle, because the will of God is like a complex puzzle. It only looks good, or perfect rather, when everybody's peace fits in. So if you try to set everybody up by doing things in the energy of the flesh, you're going to put me in trouble. You're going to put your sister, or your siblings, or the next person in trouble because we are built to function together. And the Bible says that we should not be unequally yoked. And when we think about the unequal yoking, we think about unbelievers because it says with unbelievers. But the truth is you should not be unequally yoked, period. Unequal yoking leads to the death of the weaker horse most times, or the bull rather, most times. And a very unproductive effort on the field. So all of us need the grace of God. We need God to impart life into us. We need God to strengthen us. We need that energy of the Spirit to do whatever God has put in our hearts. I don't know about you, but I definitely cannot go 16 days even to realize that it's not by might nor by power. That's the piece of advice you give to someone that has been beat up bad. And for some of us, we are there already. You've tried everything in your own strength. Strange, you can do spiritual exercises in the energy of the flesh, you know. You can actually fast <laughs> in the energy of the flesh and think that it's your fasting that will move things forward. All you need is an impartation of God. Having said that, it is a responsible thing to do. Responsible. Like I said, I've been humbled before God for days now. To be desperate for God's impartation. Because the end of the story, I know how this story ends. If you're not desperate for God's impartation, it's going to end by a prophet somewhere giving you a piece of advice. Say, let me advise you. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit. Can we be responsible today and just ask God? I know you want it done. I know that you will not do it and you have chosen me in your sovereignty to do this task. The Bible says in Ezekiel that God says, I sought for a man. God has sought for you. He has found you. I need your help now to get it done. Can you pray for yourself? Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel. If you want to be a blessing to others, share the message. To stay connected, download our app and follow us on Instagram at Lighthouse Church Ottawa. We love you.